Welcome to the Policy and Planner English Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Laban. So far this season, we've looked at how primary care practices screen for food insecurity and how they use care coordination teams to assist patients who have concerns about food access. Today, we're stepping outside the clinical setting with Help Me Grow, a program that coordinates services for households with young children. Now let's meet our guests. I'm Janet Kilburn, Early Childhood Director at the Health Department, and I'm the state lead for Help Me Grow Vermont. Help Me Grow is a system model. It's evidence-based and national that we have implemented in Vermont to make sure that kids and families get connected to existing resources and services. And this is children pre-birth through age eight. And our Help Me Grow system is really working to align efforts across environments. And here we're talking about the family's home, the medical home, and the child's early care and education setting. And we're working to link children and families to the services and supports they need so that all children have a healthy start and parents can really support their child's optimal healthy development. This coordination covers a lot of programs. One note here is that we're looking at Help Me Grow through the lens of our theme this season, which focuses on federally qualified health centers and their response to food as part of health care. A lot of the information applies to any primary care practice in Vermont, but we are making an assumption that the practice will have some level of care coordination staff. Help Me Grow also works with healthcare practices that don't have dedicated care coordinators. And I think it will be readily apparent how their programs are helpful in those situations, but we don't go into detail on that element. Here's our second guest. I'm Elizabeth Gilman. I'm the Help Me Grow Program Manager at the Help Me Grow Resource Hub. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the Help Me Grow Resource Hub's piece of work within that larger Help Me Grow system. We serve expecting parents and families with children through the age of eight and those who are working with those families, such as early educators, medical providers, mental health clinicians, and other community supports. We're a statewide service that helps families connect to local and statewide resources, as well as offering care coordination. That includes helping families connect to specialized therapists for perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, uh, childhood trauma therapists. We offer screening for food insecurity using the hunger vital sign, provide developmental monitoring using the Learn the Signs Act early materials, as well as developmental screening using the Ages and Stages Questionnaire and the Ages and Stages Questionnaire Social Emotional Screen through our online enterprise system. Our most common calls are referrals for basic needs in a variety of need areas. We'll be looking at that basic needs component. Let's place Help Me Grow services in the context of the work we've been discussing this season. They're focused on a particular demographic, families with young children, and they're going long on universal screening, coupled with very hands-on, time-intensive referrals. Additionally, they have a long list of social contributors to health that the program helps address. But as we'll see, the Hunger Vital Sign screen is going to become a proxy that can help streamline screening for that range of concerns. Again, like with my earlier caveat, we're focusing on one element of Help Me Grow's work. The show notes at plannerenglish.org will bring you to a link where you can find out more about their programs, including screening beyond the Hunger Vital Sign. Finally, the Help Me Grow program sits outside of the healthcare provider office, but always tries to make that connection back to the primary care practice with the patient's permission. Here's Janet reminding Elizabeth and me to always mention that part. Also mention how, you know, Help Me Grow can be that connector between the child's early learning setting and the medical home. Again, trying to keep everyone on the same page. 
If I fail to mention it for any of the segments we're going to discuss, know that it's an assumption. Okay, let's unpack the pieces of the Help Me Grow strategy, focusing on young children, universal screening for hunger, a dedication to hands-on referral work. We'll start with the demographic focus. For young children, there are a lot of interventions that can make a difference in their health and happiness, not just today, but throughout their life. These long-term positive impacts add up to broader changes across whole communities, sometimes called population health impacts, and across generations, as the kids who gain a better chance at good health today are better positioned to help their own kids in the future. We see a lot of different programming focused on families with young children. And with diverse programs comes a need to help make sure families get connected with the right supports. I have never personally raised small children, but rumor has it that it's a time-consuming, sleep-deprived, stressful endeavor involving dirty diapers, picky eaters, and tantrums. We're seeking out and navigating the details of dozens of programs you've never heard of before, and the off-chance one might be helpful is not going to happen without assistance. That's the rumor at any rate. Help Me Grow helps address that. As we know that Young children's health and development is affected by a long list of social influences, and we really need a coordinated system to respond to the needs of kids and families, and this effort to align all our efforts to connect families and communities to resources is really needed in Vermont. We have lots of great initiatives and folks doing things out of, out of the healthcare sector or the education sector or home visiting or children's integrated services, but Families don't know often how to begin to access, whether it's developmental resources like playgroups or food resources. And so by having Help Me Grow as an easy one-stop shop way to connect and get information for everyone in Vermont, families, providers, communities, we're, we're really working to streamline, align our efforts, and have an efficient, effective system. Uh, and our goal is for sustainable population level impact to ensure the long-term health and well-being of our kids and families and communities and really remove the barriers for families and providers. To connect families with resources, Help Me Grow is both advocating for more screening and following up on that screening by providing referral and connection services. And screening is another area where there are some advantages to working with young kids. They have more frequent doctor's visits, plus more points of connection to larger support networks, for example, through school or childcare. Here, Elizabeth explains a new initiative to engage childcare providers in using the Hunger Vital Sign. We're doing a pilot with Let's Grow Kids in Hunger-Free Vermont to support childcare programs to use the Hunger Vital Sign for screening. And it's really about making sure that families are being screened for food insecurity where they're at. Not every family is going to come through Help Me Grow and be screened. Not every family is going to be completely comfortable answering those questions at a physician's office. So child care providers have a very intimate relationship with the families that they care for, and they know them very well, and they develop these very strong relationships with them. And it's just a great opportunity for that screening to happen in a safe place. We gave the providers options in how they might offer that screening to families. Some opted to do it anonymously. Others really sat and had conversations with them. They did it in a variety of ways that was most comfortable and made the most sense for their programs. And It's also a great opportunity for those programs to have a bit of connection to the medical home through Help Me Grow, Help Me Grow being that connection and glue for them. A lot of times those two entities, the medical home and the childcare provider, 
aren't really crossing paths and they both serve the same families and they both uh, have a vested interest in making sure that those families are connecting to the services that they need. And this is a way that if a family is screened through a child care program, the child care might give them one or two resources and then refer to Help Me Grow because they know they're missing other pieces to that. When we work with families, we ask for permission to reconnect with the medical home and let the child's provider know that they're working with us and that we were able to support them. As previewed, we did just boil down the long list of potential resource needs from the beginning of this episode to the Hunger Vital Sign screen, which is in itself a reduction of a longer food insecurity screening tool to two questions. This relies on a combination of research and common sense. Research tells us that Hunger Vital Sign is a valid quick check for food insecurity and that food insecurity is often co-occurring with other concerns. Common sense tells us that getting down to a couple of questions is much more palatable for both screeners and screenees than a census-length document. A short tool also allows for truly universal screening so that everyone gets asked, which reduces both stigma and bias. And we know that in practice, the two hunger vital sign questions can open the door for a longer conversation. We know that when we ask a family about food insecurity and they say that they have been worried about food, it's, it's an indicator, it's a red flag to us that if they're worried about being able to afford food, then most likely they're worried about being able to afford other basic needs. And it really opens up that conversation where we're able to then use that screen and say, well, why don't you tell me about housing? Are you, you know, are you doing okay? Is your rent paid or your mortgage paid? You have other worries. How are your utility bills? Are you behind? How can we help you connect to some transportation? Would you like some resources around any of those areas? It just sort of peels back the layers in many ways. It's just such a great vehicle to use and to say, we ask all of our callers this, so I'd like to ask you some questions about food insecurity. When you normalize it and destigmatize it by saying, we just ask everybody this, it really opens you up to being able to have those other conversations about some of those high need areas. Now we're getting into familiar territory. Our earlier care coordination conversations also used food insecurity screens as a way to talk about broader concerns. Also, a theme that's implicit in all this work, which we've heard before, is a need for screening to go hand-in-hand with referral programs. I think there's a lot of focus on screening, and it's great, and and this is the same with developmental screening. We screen all children. That's our goal in in Vermont uh, with Help Me Grow to screen all children for development and make sure they get connected to any extra support or needed services as early as possible when when that help makes the most impact. But it's arguably unethical to screen particularly for food insecurity, without connecting to resources, without knowing what those resources are. And we also have a partnership with our maternal and child health coordinators across the state, our Building Bright Futures regional coordinators, so that if there are gaps and there are not resources, which that's very true across the state, that we're able to document that and feed it up to entities like our Building Bright Futures State Regional Council to help advocate and address and help communities be innovative in their, in their efforts to reach families' needs. Note that Janet is not saying you need a perfect solution for every problem before you screen. She's saying you need an answer to the question, what next, and some statewide capacity to build towards closing gaps that this process might reveal. Yes, the healthcare practices we've been talking to in earlier episodes have a what next option through care coordination, and they work with community partners to close gaps. 
But what about bringing non-traditional screening partners in who don't have a care coordination function? Or healthcare practices with limited coordination capacity? What if you need specialized knowledge, for example, around early childhood services? An organization like Help Me Grow can be an important connector to help everyone participate effectively in this work. Making these connections is always going to be about more than printing up a list of food shelves and wishing someone luck. Unless that is specifically what a family is asking for, in which case, that's fine. We've been talking so far about the screening and connecting steps. Here's Elizabeth describing another foundational element, managing the database of resource information, which they do in partnership with Vermont 211. Obviously, in all of this, the key is the ability to really connect families to the most up-to-date, accurate resources when they need them. Otherwise, we lose families or we lose trust that the families have with us. So it's just been really helpful for Help Me Grow to be a partner with Vermont 211. Because of our partnership with them, we have an amazing database that has thousands of programs in it. It follows a national standard in terms of information and referral. There are dedicated certified staff who populate and review these resources to ensure their accuracy. And it's always changing. It's a live document. When you print out a list of resources, it can very quickly become inaccurate or, you know, when programs change or if you're just looking on websites, it's not always the best information. So we're really fortunate that we have this database to use and it's live and it's in real time and it's very robust. It's so much more than, you know, go see Helen. Here's her phone number. She'll help you with food. It really talks about some important pieces to have a conversation with for families. You know, is it on the bus line? What are the hours? Who is the contact in case you can't make it there during those hours or you, you need a special accommodation of some kind? It really gives you a lot of information to be able to have that conversation with the family, ensure that connection is possible, and opens up that door to talk about barriers. We know that families oftentimes feel some shame, some embarrassment about trying to access resources, and it's a great opportunity to really have a conversation with them about what the service offers, how you can access it, what are some reasons you might not want to go there, what are some alternatives? A good example is a community might have a food shelf that's heavily accessed and might be very uncomfortable for a family because of that. So letting them know that there's five other smaller food shelves that maybe aren't as well known, we know that because we have them in our database versus just sort of a listing of some of the major resources in the area. And you already know from these episodes that people working to coordinate care aren't satisfied with just what a database can tell them. There's planning with families, prioritizing needs, coming up with plans to tackle barriers, and creative problem solving. That creative problem solving includes working with friends, family, neighbors, and others in the community to bridge the inevitable gaps in what formal support systems can offer. COVID-19 makes this all more complicated, of course. Every episode, we have a new reason why COVID makes everything that much more complicated and difficult. Here's this episode's version. First, some statistics from Elizabeth. We've always known that basic needs calls are the highest calls that we have at the resource hub. It's probably always will be one of the most requested calls for referrals for us because we know that it's just a struggle for a lot of Vermonters. But we saw some really dramatic things happen uh, during the first few months of the pandemic when we started realizing around March 15th that COVID-19 was in Vermont from the middle of March until the end of May 
this year, we saw increases from the previous year that really spoke to what was happening in our state for families. We saw a 91% increase in referrals for food resources. We saw a 52% increase in calls for other basic needs. And we saw a 500% increase in calls from families who just needed help with problem solving and listening support because they just weren't sure what to do, how to go about using the resources they knew about, or how they were going to educate and support their children during that time frame. We see this issue of simply not knowing what to do next reflected in food insecurity measures. Remember, the basic questions focus on uncertainty and concern over running out of food as much as they do whether a household has previously run out of food. The screen has a forward-looking element that is particularly relevant right now. Ideally, everyone concerned about their food access will have their concerns addressed and will not run out of food. But the experience of Help Me Grow and other programs that help coordinate the resources to provide this security to families shows just how much work it will take to get there. This concludes our three episodes looking at different versions of care coordination. There's lots to say on this topic, but we're setting it aside for now to get a little more in-depth on a particular overlap of two barriers to health, food access and transportation access. It'll be a quick introduction to a particularly thorny issue, probably thorny enough to merit its own special series in the future. You'll have to tune in to learn more on the next episode of the Policy in Plainer English podcast. Thank you.